I grew up in a land far from home. It was a land of swarming heat where no breeze pleasured my brow. It was a land where the soil was ever visible and grass was reserved for the few patches which it could cling to for sanctuary. It was a land of mountains but few rivers. A land of struggle and joy. A land of war, riots, laughter and peace. But it was in this land where my ears first heard the sound of my home. Each evening tapes were placed in a cassette player and the sound invaded the ears of all those near. The sound trickled through the air, carrying with it Luke's banjo, Christie's stories and Finbar's pipes. Each ballad, poem and tune carried me to the land of my ancestors. Back to the land that one day I would return. Then, one day I heard the guitar of Phil and music was never the same again. As he weaved Irish traditions with rock and roll, I immediately understood how Bono, Dolores and Shane used the sound of our ancestors to infect the world with the sound of Ireland. But before all of these people became legends, before them a superstar walked onto the stage, far from home and made the world hear the sound of Ireland. Our story. This is her story. In the mid-18th century, on the island of Ireland, a child was born. Her name was Rachel Baptist. Rachel's early life was largely unremarkable. There are no records of how she spent her days, who she spent them with, or how she discovered the gift she had. What I can tell you is that at some point during her early life, Rachel understood she wasn't like the other children. It possibly happened during school when taking part in a choir. Or it may have happened when she was walking through a town and people began to notice that her voice was not like the other children. You see, Rachel was a very natural and gifted singer. Her natural voice would have wowed her family, friends and community. Rachel was encouraged to audition for Bernardo Palma, an Italian singing teacher based in Dublin. Bernardo was seen as one of the leading vocal teachers and trainers in Europe at the time. For him to consider anyone good enough to be trained by him was in itself a great honour. Rachel decided to take the encouragement of those supporting her and she auditioned for Bernardo. Bernardo was wowed by what he heard. He had never heard a voice so sweet, so pure and so natural. 
he immediately took Rachel under his guidance to perfect her voice. Under Bernardo's tutoring, Rachel became more and more confident about her abilities. He coached her through the various ranges of singing and helped her to understand the power of her voice. He helped her to take her gift and craft it into something really special. In February 1750, a concert was held to honour Bernardo's contribution to music in the Crow Street Theatre in Dublin. The concert was to show off Bernardo's abilities as a vocal coach and to put his students on display. Rachel was told that she was to be the final act of the concert, the big finale. The concert began and started smoothly. The crowd were indeed impressed with Bernardo's students and the demonstrations of their ranges which he displayed. As the concert progressed, in the backstage area of the theatre, a young woman was shaking. Rachel had never seen such a large crowd, nor had she had to sing in front of a crowd of this type. You see, given Bernardo's stance in the upper classes of Dublin for having trained their sons and daughters, the concert was attended by what was then described as persons of quality. There was no riffraff to be attending, essentially no tickets for the likes of you or me. Rachel was then made more nervous as the British ascendancy were to read in the concert's programme that the concert was to be closed by a native of this country. As far as she was concerned, she was to present herself and perform in front of all these people to represent our island and our gifts in music. Time ticked on and soon came the big finale. On that night, in the candlelit Crow Theatre, the young Rachel heard her name introduced to the crowd and from behind the curtain she emerged. For most of the audience that night, they saw someone they thought they would never see in their lifetime. They watched on as a woman of colour walked onto the stage. Later, it was remarked by witnesses that some of them had, in their own words, never seen a real black woman before. Rachel was one of about 3,000 people of African descent living in Ireland at the time, and she was brought to the stage that night to represent all of Ireland. Then she sang. She sang the song Fair Kitty, Beautiful and Young, a popular song from the time. With each lyric that softly slipped from Rachel's lips, the crown sat in amazement. As each verse unfolded, 
the crowd grew more and more amazed by what they were hearing and seeing. When she stopped, Rachel stood in the silence of the room and awaited the crowd's response. For a very brief moment, the crowd remained silent, unsure as to how to react to what they had just experienced. Rachel closed her eyes and wanted the world to swallow her up, such was her discomfort in the silence. As she opened them, she witnessed the crowd erupting into a standing ovation. The applause roared from the audience onto the stage and like a sonic boom it hit Rachel right in her heart. Relieved and proud of what she had done, Rachel accepted the applause, took a bow and left the stage. This event exploded Rachel into 18th century fame. Between 1750 and 1753, people came from far and wide to hear her sing during the summer season in the Marlborough Gardens in Dublin. The upper and middle classes clamoured for tickets to hear her voice for themselves. Each summer evening, the crowd sat in the dipping sunlight and witnessed Rachel singing so sweetly and so beautifully, standing in a yellow silk gown as the blue skies turned to orange and then only the candles in the park lit up the darkness. In the winters, the Smock Alley Theatre and Crow Street was where people would come to hear Rachel sing. It was always such an event around Dublin when word went out that Rachel had been booked for a new show. In 1755, Rachel performed on only three occasions during the summer sessions. She then sang in Dublin for one last time as she performed in July 1756 when she sang Hibernia's Triumph in honour of General William Blakeney, the defender of Menorca. After this event, Rachel moved to London to further her career. She spent 10 years living between London and Bath. In her first year in London, she met a man who went by the surname Crow. Rachel continued her career, sometimes under this surname and sometimes her own. As Mrs Crow, Rachel played the part of Polly Peacham in The Beggar's Opera. She also had a role in Romeo and Juliet during this time. It is unclear which role Rachel played in Shakespeare's classic. But what is clear is how her appearance was billed. Liverpool newspapers sold the show with a simple message. Miss Baptist, the celebrated singer from the Gardens of Dublin. Mr. Crow was himself a musician and a teacher of violin and the guitar. 
He also on occasion worked restoring oil paintings using the latest methods from Italy as a sort of specialist. After 19 years in England, Rachel returned to Ireland with her husband. Her first major show was held in Kilkenny. She sang in the Tolsell Assembly Room in Kilkenny, then moved on to Carlow and Durrow. All to sold out crowds wishing to hear the voice of Ireland. It was during her performance in Kilkenny that she inspired an audience member to write a poem about what he was witnessing. Fame's done thee right, thou hast the lulling art, that can soft music's melody impart. Envy herself must thy perfections own, and say thou art worthy of the laurel crown. Let the white fair ones swell with proud disdain, despise thy colour and thy dusky mane. Yet what of that, even these nor want their charms, nor grace to lure the lover to thine arms. Another audience member wrote a letter to Rachel when he referred to her as the celebrated Black Siren of Ireland, who, by the irresistible charms of her throat, would persuade people to part with their money. Rachel sang at balls and concerts while her husband offered lessons. She performed in Limerick, Ennis, Cork and Bandon and in 1772 she was in Belfast for the season. Additional concerts were held in Lisburn, Downpatrick and Carrickfergus. Her final concert and ball was held in Belfast on the 30th of April 1773. After Belfast, Rachel disappeared from history. Her name vanished from the records. It is not known when or where she died. It is not known if she had earned enough to disappear into comfort. It is not known if she faced a misfortune. It is also not known if Rachel had any children or if one of us today shares our genetics with her. Today's music was written, performed and produced by myself, Ryan O'Halloran. The story was researched and scripted by Oren. If you want to help to support this podcast, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash we the Irish and leave us a review on your podcast app. Ryan is Anandum, Gurav Mahakut, Slana Nish.